Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us now. Let's get started. When we're going through a major difficulty like a breakup, or maybe we've been struggling for a while with a big problem that we can't overcome, it's easy to give up and feel that the weight of the world is on our shoulders. While we might be looking for a way around our problems, sometimes, as we always say in our Relationship Breakthrough program, the only way out is through. We need to go all the path through. We're going to be exploring the keys to turning a breakdown into a breakthrough and uncovering what you can put into practice today to move towards your own breakthrough. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Donna Lightning, who has an incredible story to tell us, and she is on a mission to awaken compassion in the world. Only saying this, I feel like I want to cry. I resonate with this. <laughs> She's been on her own journey of self-discovery that has been transformational for herself and for the people around her. Welcome, Donna, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. My pleasure, Donna. Thank you. Tell us about your biggest turning point that led you to go on your journey of self-discovery. Okay, it was very uh, clear, my turning point. And it was when my son came to me wishing for disease to take his life. And he did he had said he didn't want to commit suicide because he didn't want to um, do that to me. However, at that point, it, that brought me to my knees and it brought me to a place of like this darkness, this hopelessness, this, um, you know, I found myself like rolled up in a ball in a dark corner and I didn't know how to show up for myself or my son. And then Like I said, it brought me to my knees and I started praying and, and asking for help. And I just didn't, I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't do this on my own. And I ended up at the beach and I remember drawing a big heart in the sand and my son's name, date of birth and writing help. And I then found myself, it was a cold winter day, uh, actually not cold. Um, it was cold. It was a um, fall cold day and I was dressed up in my hat and mittens and um, found myself sitting on the beach. And I had this amazing meditative visualization of me on a life raft in the ocean, the sun, I could feel the sun heating and warming up my body, melting like, and just this glistening reflection the salt water, and I saw dolphins and whales surrounding me, which I didn't really know what that meant, but I wasn't afraid. I felt safe. And it was later when I looked up what dolphins and whales represent. And whales represent that healing vibrational sound um, throughout the ocean. They travel the world with their vibrational sound healing. Um, 
So it was, it was, you know, something that I had looked up when I got home, but I literally left the beach feeling I wasn't alone anymore and that everything was going to work out. So what happened in that moment was I chose or was led to faith rather than fair. And what happened from there was just, just beyond like what I ever thought, um, how I could show up for my son in a way that he truly needed me to be. So it was almost like I had this chandelier that I could turn up and make brighter and brighter for him. And I started this meditation practice, uh, gratitude practice, and prayer practice. And this, this visualization was having a chord from my heart to my son's heart. And I would like think of and push this bright ball of light from my, from my end of my heart to, into his heart and seeing him smile again. And it was just forgiveness, pushing forgiveness and unconditional love and um, acceptance and, you know, all this good yummy stuff. And what I realized was I was, as I was starting to think more from a, from, from faith, I was able to show up for my son, like I was saying, and I, I came to the conclusion that, that really it, my job wasn't to tell him how to fix everything and how to do this and judge him. My job was to come from the other end and be supportive and encouraging and embrace the things that he was trying to change and change his life and more like giving him his sacred space to travel this path and figure it out with me as his support system. And what a difference when you come from your heart space rather than from your head in fear. And that vibrational connection between us just exuded this energy of, I believe in you and you can do this. And I stopped all the negativity towards him of every, like I said, everything that I had been focusing on. So, um, yeah, so that was a major turning point in, in my life of having a breakthrough, I think. And I would like to use the words letting the awe in when we release all of that fear and understand how we got that fear. I love it, um, Donna. I'm really inspired. I love what you said about moving from our fear head to our um, faith heart or something like that. You said, I love it. Um, I'm very curious if I can ask you, what was, uh, what, what did it, how did it look in practice uh, when you were, your relationship with your, with your son, when you were in your headspace, uh, rather than when you started to come from your heart space? What were the different conversations that you were having before and you were having after that started to create this turnaround? Yeah, I would have to say it was my morning practice and I would practice throughout the day at this point because um, it's really what helped me move forward and have forward vision thinking. And it was definitely gratitude practice, like being grateful 
um, for my life, for my son's life, being grateful for the sun rising. Like just when you're in a state of gratitude, you can't be in a state of negativity. So gratitude, and I would write out, you know, I was grateful for my son and grateful to be his mom and all this stuff. And it started to open up my heart. And I would have to say another significant um, practice was asking for guidance, whether it's God or higher power, um, whoever it is, you know, the stars, the sun, something higher than you, your higher self, and asking for help. So when we know we're not alone, automatically, like your body kind of relaxes a little bit. Is it let to let its guard down? Cause you not feel like you're trying to do this on your own, that you have help. So I found myself asking for help, for unconditional love, for unconditional love to be wrapped around my son and to help him on this path and to put people in places, people and events in his path that could help him move forward. And I would visualize it in my mind, what that would look like. And I would visualize him, you know, getting the help that he needed and and people that he could trust and help him. And when we do that, thinking in that way, it creates a feeling. And these feelings, we either respond or react, and that's our behavior. So my behavior went from stuck in the mud to being able to show up and be there and him receive my vibrational love, the energy that I'm now sharing, not the energy of worry and hopelessness and disappointment and all of that shame and guilt and all that, those, those energies, I was consciously aware of it and I was making intentions. So that's another, the third practice was I want to say was intention setting where I would consciously set an intention to, sh- to be a certain way or show up in a certain way or to help my son in a certain way. Um, and a lot of it was like making the intention not to like try and fix him and change him because that's the message that he's receiving that he's not good enough the way he is. So I backed off and that's hard when as a mom, especially you just want to fix everything. But this is his journey and it wasn't my job to fix it. It's his job to travel this path and pretty much figure it out. But with me as his support system. So that like now he is the survival guide for others going through what he has gone through. And if I didn't allow him that space, you know, to figure it out and wanted him to be like, you know, in a rehab or, well, I shouldn't say that, but I'm just saying, um, let him make his decisions and praise him as he's making steps forward. So I would say gratitude, intention setting, and that meditation were just monumental in changing me, my vibration, my thought process, so that he could feel that and know that I believe in him. I would say those were probably at that point, the top three things. I love it, Donna. Thank you. Um, can I just tell you what I have understood? Because this point is really, really key. And I would love to 
to extract the specific strategy in practice so people can put it in practice. I'm hearing that you changed your thoughts from what you didn't want to happen to towards what you did want to happen. Exactly. Great. Another point that I hear is that you shifted from what you wanted to happen for yourself, which is what you didn't want to happen. So you were focused on yourself and then you shifted to focus on the best thing, whatever it is for your son, what your son wanted, whatever his soul wanted, whatever his journey was going to be, you stopped focusing on yourself and you started to focus on him. Uh, so you changed from what you didn't want to happen to what you wanted to happen. So that, so basically from fear to love, what you are saying, and also instead of focusing on yourself, you started to focus on him. How can I help him? Uh, and that's massive. That's amazing. Is that what I heard? Yes, yes. And a flag word was, you know, trying to make myself feel better. Like I would want to do something to fix him or help him because it would make me feel better. So I kind of caught on to that. It's not about me making me feel better and to have him do things in a certain way. So I kind of became aware of that mentality, that mindset of, you know, I want him to do this because it's going to make me feel better. So I, and as a mom, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't even consciously aware that I was even doing that, which was really a game changer in moving forward. Um, and then as things progressed, um, and I say he's my natural miracle, and I want to share that anybody can have natural miracles. It's often that we don't think we deserve it or we're worthy of a miracle. So we don't ask for help. We don't ask for the miracle that something that can help. Um, so I just want to remind the listeners that you are worthy of the good that you desire and that you are worthy of miracles. And so I just wanted to share that, but I do say to my son now, and I've sent him, you know, I've written him and everything and, and verbally have thanked him for his courage to make his shifts and work through his obstacles and look at them as opportunities and to find some good that came out of his situation. And I tell him, I share with him that I don't think I would have ever gone into this journey and the projects that I'm working on if he didn't go through what he went through. So I consider him a teacher of of mine. I love it, Donna. This is so inspirational, really. Uh, I can't wait to share this with my, our clients. Another thing that I've, I've realized that you shared was that you were focused on what you had that you didn't like, what was happening. And then you shifted to focus on what you did have, but what you did like. So you were actually practicing gratitude, which is what you said. And many times we focus on what we have that we don't like, but how many other things we have that we actually do like. And that's what you did. That's exactly. And that's why gratitude, um, 
So there's two things too. I uh, so I've learned to like I practice gratitude all the time, and I don't just I don't just say it. Thank you. I literally like I'll write it and I'll visualize what the gratitude like. You know we you know like something simple like our heart beating like all the time, and we don't have to worry about it. You know most most often that's how you know your heart is just beating beating beating. So I say I'm thankful to my heart. I'm thank you for my vital organs. I'm thank you for the food that's in front of me. You know, and I know that's all basic, but I literally like look at my plate of food now, and I'm trying to eat you know extra healthy and stuff because I know how we we feel good and our energy's raised with the proper foods. And I look at my plate of food and. I say that I see the um, universe in this plate of food. So that's a reminder to me that everything that's on my plate is grown from the universe. If it's rice, I'll visualize the rice fields, patties. If it's potatoes, I'll see the potatoes, you know, whatever it is, the food, I can see my, you know, I can see it and I'm thankful for it. And then I think, wow, I'm thankful for the sun rising every day. Like, I don't take it for granted anymore. Like, I really think about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's how I'm able to see the world and to, you know, and then I say, um, you know, and also that's that light and warmth from the sun that just shows up every day for us is how we um, our food grows, you know, and how we um, survive. So when you take it to that level and I even go as far as thank you for my refrigerator because it, I can buy food and keep it cool. Like not everybody's so lucky. And that's the other thing is the law of relativity that I go by. So any situation that we have that we get down about, like I have um, neuropathy in my right foot. And instead of complaining about my right foot and, and I'm a hiker and a biker. And, you know, so now I've turned that around and I don't even often share that with people. And um, I just say, I'm so thankful I have a foot. Not everybody's so lucky. And it's so true. So whenever we use the law of relativity, your situation, you can always make it, you can feel better because there's always another situation, another person that has a more challenging situation. So when we come from that, again, it's our mind, thoughts, feelings, react, respond, our behavior, and that's the results we get in life. So we do have complete control over it. We're just on autopilot so much or so often. That's right. That's right. Definitely. I completely agree. I love it. Thank you so much, Donna. Um, I've got another question. What's your purpose? Your purpose and how did you merge and embrace it? Oh, this I love this. And I just, I now say, you know, it, it, it's almost like I was searching for my purpose. And that's like the complete opposite. The work that I just demonstrated about meditation and gratitude, that's what the focus is. And then the purpose shows up. So when you're journaling and you're meditating and what that allows is your brain or your mind to declutter and soften and let the ego kind of take a back seat a little bit, dissolve a little bit. And then you can receive all the good yumminess, all the good ideas, the, the things that you want to attract, bring into your life. So that's kind of what happened. And I just found myself writing today, one day, that my purpose was to awaken compassion in our world. And I loved it. Like, my heart just melted 
So I knew with every fiber in my body that that was my purpose. And so how am I going to do this? Well, it just kind of flowed. I said, through my work, through my service as an author, as a speaker, as, and here, you know, I wasn't really a speaker yet. I've just started doing some speaking and I'm going to be actually speaking for, in, well, that's another thing. That's in, uh, a project in South Africa. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, as a behavior change specialist, as a meditation, relaxation, stress reduction coach, I run a live strong program for cancer survivors through the Y and I'm an ADAPT X trainer for neurodivergent and, um, um, challenged developmentally, uh, kids, people, individuals, I should say. And so I have a lot to give and now it's time to like take action on it because we can have all these good ideas, but it's transforming that like hesitancy, that uncertainty, that fear, something that's holding you back and turn it into this exuding confidence and trust in yourself and, um, bringing it into action, which is, I feel like I have really like been able to make that switch again of thinking of I'm not good enough, or am I smart enough, or all those disempowering questions to what's emerging in my life? How can I show up to help? And that's where I, 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 I feel like I, um, I can help people build their lighthouse. I want to say. I love it, Lighthouse. Oh, that's so inspiring. So you're also helping, you mentioned kids. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm a fitness trainer as well. And through the YMCA, they're awesome. They're, they're worldwide. They run all these programs. And uh, I've been the Live Strong trainer there for six years. And it's a government-funded program. So it's free for people. So And they're all over the world. So if there's any listeners that are, uh, you know, battling cancer or cancer survivors, um, you can get into this program. And uh, like I said, it's free. So take advantage of it. And um, now with inclusive um, inclusion and diversity and autism and disabilities, we're trying to, I think a lot of places, there's awareness and movement for more inclusion rather than exclusion. And ah, this is a big passion of mine. Unity instead of all this division. That's right. And it takes all kinds of minds. For, and I really do feel that way. That everybody has a role in making this planet heal. Yes, that's right. I like it. Thank you, Donna. If you had to boil down your insights into three key points, what would they be? I was actually, I had, um, so we talked about a few of them already. So gratitude, setting intentions. So think of it like, uh, and the words that we speak. So I'm going to start with the words that we speak. Every word that we speak holds energy and light. So what I mean by that is um, when we use negative words, to ourselves or to others, that is energy that exudes and ripples out into your environment. So say, for example, you know, somebody was doing something and you observed it and it was like 
really bothering you that this person was acting so rudely um, to somebody else. So, you know, you take that energy and you fester it, you know, when you recycle it and you, you know, you may have said something, you know, to interact and then, you know, it's just all this negative energy and you carry it to work, you carry it home to your partner, you carry it home to your kids. Like, and sometimes if it was like, something that really bothered you, it can last to the next day or a week. And like, you're turmoiling over it. So one of the things um, I want to say is in a situation like that, this, I feel this is brilliant. And I didn't, this wasn't like, this was something that I've learned and practiced and I never was aware of it. So I want to really share this. So when you're, you're, you know, what we want to do is actually the opposite. We want to send compassion to that person. And how we do that is just simply like I say to myself, when somebody's acting like really, you know, rude or, or violent or whatever, I'll say something like, I wonder what happened to that person in their life that made them so angry, that made them so miserable. So two things are happening here. What's happening for me personally is I am able to not get sucked down the hole into this anger division and keep my vibration, my thoughts elevated. And then the second part is I'm actually offering some compassion to this person. And you could take that a step further and send them some love or send them some energy to heal or something like that. And what that's going to do for your body, for yourselves is incredible. Rather than deflating ourselves, we're, we're inflating them and bringing that kind of mindset. So it's all mindset and awareness, I want to say. <laughs> I love it, definitely, um, Donna. I, I'm enjoying a lot this conversation. <laughs> I do too. You got a book as well I want to share to our audience. Why the title Shades of Blue? And what is the purpose of your book, Shades of Blue? Creative energy thinking, unconventional healing techniques, solutions to challenges the autism community face. Tell us about that. Okay, so yes, this was, I never planned on being an author, writing anything, writing a book that was never like something that, was on my to-do list or a goal. And then one day it was literally like, and I want to say, I call it a God shot. You could say, you know, inspiration, thought, whatever you want. But it was like so direct and so clear that literally like I just kind of accepted it. It said the, the, the thought said I was going to write a book and then a second thought followed and it said it was going to be, um, a book for parents. And I kind of chuckled like, what would I write? You know, like my, you know, I was just like chuckling. And I remember looking around in the car thinking, is like these, why are these thoughts coming to me? And then it said it was specifically going to be for parents with children on the autism spectrum. And I don't have any children on the autism spectrum. So I don't know why I just accepted it, but I knew that this was going to be a project that was collaborative. And I just intuitively or instinctively just called my friend who had a son on the autism spectrum. And she, I told her what I was doing. I go, I'm writing a book. <laughs> I think I'm going to need some help. And Jack, who was 17 at the time, 18. And um, 
she didn't laugh at me, ridicule me. She just said, I'll help, you know, and it was funny because um, I went home and I just wrote the whole table of contents poured out of me. And then I'd find myself up in the middle of the night writing and I'd get ideas. So I knew at this point I was being guided. Um, so the, the, in this whole journey, so it's been a little over a year now and it keeps evolving into bigger and better to the point where I know this is bigger than me. Too many, there's just too many, too many things that have, that I've needed in my life that came to me at the right time. So as far as the shades of blue, it's actually now a different title because things do keep evolving and it's not hundred percent confirmed, but I think I'm going to be going with divine expression and it's the highest frequencies of love, the highest frequency of love, the subtitle. Because all these mechanisms that I'm sharing that's what it is. It's getting you to the highest frequency of love. How do we keep our vibration high and our mind clear and organized internally? Because you know we don't have control over the external world, right? Exactly. So, um, and the beautiful thing is, as when I was saying p- the things that were coming to me, like, so it's it's this book is unconventional and what makes it unconventional are these kinds of um, unconventional practices. I want to say that people, a lot of think woo woo or, you know, Oh, I don't have time for that attitude, but I feel like there's a shift in the world right now. And I feel there's going to be a lot of people interested in, in this um, and be more open to it. So those are the people who will, you know, be looking for this guy coming out. Um, as well, um, the title, I want to say the highest frequency. So these children with autism, they come out into this world and they are who they are. They, they come with this pure love and pure love to me is self-love. And self-love to me is authenticity, is when you can be authentic. You can speak your language. You can speak your words. And these kids have no filters. Like they, this is how they operate. So they're here to teach us. And so that goes along with the frequencies of love. So that's why I've kind of changed um, the title. And there's a couple of other reasons as well. But um, I feel that these kids, their potential is hidden to influence our world. And it has nothing to do with them and everything to do with us. Our fear-based, even if it could be, like I found this was me until I interacted with Jack. Like I never really embraced him over all these years other than, hi, how are you? Right? And now, and even on a subconscious level, like I, you know, I didn't really realize it on a conscious level, I meant, but on a subconscious level, I was having these fears of like, well, what would I say to him? Would he understand me? Could he really talk more than just a few words? You know, was, you know, would it be awkward? So I just kind of would stay separated from him, didn't embrace him. So that's part of this whole project is helping Uh, close the gap of the disconnect that we have with these kids, 
because they're here for a reason. And I feel that really um, they're here to help us heal this planet. And together, I feel we can come closer and closer to that. We need all the collective mixtures of minds and um, we keep them separated and maybe not intentionally, but because we don't believe that they have, you know, what they have to offer matters. And that's what this book is about. It's, it's helping parents to, to vibrationally collect, um, connect through their words and actions and feelings, but also, or be aware of it. So it's a practice to, to it's changing habits, right? <laughs> changing habits of thinking. Right. So it's um, helping the parents to be the best versions of themselves, thereby giving permission for their children to be the best versions and illuminate their, their uh, gifts to the world. But what we're, what's happening, it's, it's, what's been happening is that parents are being instructed or the, they're feeling like they need to change their kids or fix them. So again, I'm going back to even what I refer to my son is that so the message that these kids are receiving is, or they're feeling energetically is I'm not good enough. My mom and dad are sad. They want me to do this, this I'm broken. So we're conditioning them and dimming their light of their natural gifts. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> I, I love, I love what you're saying, Donna. I personally totally resonate with those children <laughs> and I don't think I have autism and but I've definitely resonated with that where when I was a child um, I'm quite sensitive I've always sensed other people's feelings a lot and know what they were thinking feeling needing you know I was quite well a bit weird <laughs> as a child I, I felt like that I was weird but I don't think I was but that's because of what you're saying you know uh, parents trying to change their children the way they are they're not showing up the way they should according to who according to our parents <laughs> but maybe what if we are normal what if we are different? What if we bring new qualities to the world that they need to embrace and adapt to, but they just maybe in their heads, as you were saying at the beginning, in fear rather than in their hearts and in faith. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying this a lot. I'm going to definitely <laughs> share this with my clients. I know that I have a few clients with children with autism so I'm sure these mothers and, par and fathers need to hear this message uh, and it's all done with good intentions you know out of love exactly but taking the bird's eye view and out of the tunnel vision can sometimes open up doors that you never thought possible That's and true. yeah you're you're absolutely right um I do feel that many, that the mechanisms that I have are really for everybody, right? And it's not like it's anything new, but I'm just sharing from my personal journey of healing and how I have used these different mechanisms to, to I say, let the awe in where I, I know that my, any fear that comes my way, I can choose to plow through it. Like I just say, Donna, 
that's your paradigm. That's your mental conditioning from my parents or my, you know, grandparents or, you know, school teachers or other kids or siblings, you know. And when I can say that and understand it, I plow through my fears and I know how to keep my heart open because I'm in tune to like when my heart closes. I mean, I, I think everybody can feel that when somebody's like not feeling good. But if you tune into it, you can consciously like in that moment, breathe through it, be aware of it, and then make a decision if, you know, what you want right now is to get out of that closed heart space and open your heart. And that's one of my intentions daily is to, you know, strive to keep my heart open and to radiate this vibrational like love and kindness and just emanate this kindness through my actions. And um, because I can help people more than when I'm in a closed heart space, I can't. And, but that's okay too, to be in a closed heart space because it's the ebb and flow of life, right? Like how would I know how great it is to be, you know, with elevated thoughts, if you don't know what it's like to be with, you know, thoughts of like, (laughs) you know, not so good. That's a very good point. And on a contrast, I, I often like to talk about contrast because so many times we reject what we don't want, you know, bad things that happen and they can be the worst things that happen and we don't want them. And, and it's also true that, you know, many times we can avoid them, but sometimes we can't. But what we can certainly do is what you're saying, you know, have an attitude of wonder and curiosity, compassion, gratitude, and at the end of the day, embrace them. Because it is from those darkness that the light comes up, you know, we we see the light. How could we, I mean, spiritually, I've read many times, you know, and I've heard spiritual teachers like Eckhart Tolle, um, this Indian guy, Deepak, Deepak Chopra, which I also like, I also like him. They say, you know, the the soul needs to experience the darkness for it to know who they are, for it for, to be able to experience themselves. The so so definitely uh, when we experience neg- what we call negative things. <laughs> we actually get to know what we want. We make different distinctions and preferences and choices. And, you know, how many times our parents uh, make what we call mistakes? They simply do what they can because they don't know any better, just like we can do the same with our children. But honestly, if I look back, I would not be the person that I am right now. I would not be talking to you right now. I would not be able to have our baby aligned with love to help our clients if my mom and my dad had not treated me the way they did. So how much I have to be grateful to them. So yeah, we need to embrace the darkness. Right. And I was the queen And I lived most of my life in reaction mode and dwelling on the past and all my regrets and all the things I did wrong as a mother, as a, you know, as a wife, as a, you know, and, and I was filled with congestion. My body was congested on a cellular level. And uh, so to go from there, (laughs) like we said earlier, from who we are to who we want to become, 
there's some work involved and, but it's not, you know, it's not rocket science either. And this is what I say to people. And I love this. I love, um, I say, cause we all have our story. We all have our baggage and we're a lot more alike than we think. And, um, I say, you know, you are sitting on some serious talent or, or I say, I'm sitting on some serious talent. Um, you can heal people and heal yourself in the process. So as we share our story, that's our, you know, what we've, we've you know, you're helping people and continuing to heal, heal yourself. Because I find that every time I'm helping somebody, I'm, I'm healing myself too on, a, on many levels. And I say, um, let's hone it, master it, and share it. I love this, Donna, because you've nailed it. You know, many times we have a case of a lady or a man, either, it can be either, and a person, a partner, who wants to work on the relationship to transform it or to basically transform the relationship situation. But they say, I can't do the program, Rebecca, because my partner does not want to do it. And I say, Well, he doesn't want to do it and you reach out for help. Do you want to do it? And many times, because people are in blame, <laughs> like I need to change my partner, uh, he, he needs help. But it turns out that the partner doesn't want any help. <laughs> the partners are great the way they are. It's the other person who wants to, to do something about it. And many times, People who do take personal responsibility, and as you're saying, they work on themselves, they heal themselves. It turns out that this new high vibration in love and energy, it's like a bath of love uh, for their partners. It powerfully, powerfully influences their partners. And very frequently, I receive a text, a call, a messenger of the lady saying, Rebecca, you can't imagine what is happening. My partner wants to do the program now. Could I please do it again with him? Because of what you're saying. Because as we heal ourselves, this new high energy of love influences everyone around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I consider myself a master at visualization. And part of using those words is that's who I want to become. So I say it. I'm a master at visualization because for me, when I, um, that's a great way to recondition our minds is through visualization. So um, yeah, like even for this guide, for this book, I visualize this being in 15 different countries. I, I visualize it, you know, going around the world and finding its way in homes and in the hands of parents to help their children, you know, become more aware and more conscious and practice these um, mechanisms. And um, I visualize it being in therapists' office, in government-funded programs at the YMCA's, Um, in conferences and seminars for art in schools, like you really um, think big. And then what happens is I'm meeting people all over the world. And now I'm speaking, I'm speaking at a conference um, in South Africa. Um, 
Yes. And it's South Africa's first. Um, I'm not going there. I just want to clarify that I'm, I'm going to be doing it virtual, but um, just three mechanisms and, you know, on the conscious breathing, how you can shift your energy um, pressure points and what's, and then words hold energy and, oh, and body activation, nerve activation. Uh, so I'm super excited for that. And yeah, you have to think big and believe yourself. And then those things start to happen. Like literally they start to happen. People and events come into your life. Um, as you declutter the mind, exactly. Declutter yummy stuff in. Yes. Yeah. What would you say Donna to, to parents who have relationship problems and also have children with autism? Um, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah. What would you say to parents who, to a, or to a woman or a father or a, just a parents who have relationship problems and also have children with autism? Okay, yes. Um, I would suggest practicing conscious awareness and understanding that your um, thoughts and your, the, your thoughts create feelings and your feelings create your behavior. So when you're aware of the words and stuff, you're creating an energy energetically to be more positive if you have that intention. So then what happens is, um, so I, it's actually easier for me to give an example, I think in this situation for the relationships, I have a situ, I had a situation that I just literally dissolved. And it was like, I call it taking my power back, taking, reclaiming my power. And my husband had had a problem with um, letting Um, my kids use the um, the washing machine and dryer because they didn't live here. And to me, like, I'm, I was like, why is this a problem? And he just thought, you know, they should be doing it on their own or whatever. But I looked at it from a different, you know, oh, they were taking advantage of, you know, my situation. And I look at it as like, this is a great opportunity. You know, they're all older, you know, two of them come and to have tea or sit out on the porch or hang out, you know, so we're totally two different. So what I, we used to like, it used to get intense and like, we, and then the blame game, oh, well, your kid's this. because we, I have four kids. He has four kids. So it's a big family. It's all blended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I literally like decided to not let him um, or not to engage. I'd rather say, So what I did was I just said, it's okay for you to see it that way. I hear what you're saying, but I choose to think it differently. So he had nothing to like come back at. So the situation just kind of dissolved. You know, I didn't engage in it. And I didn't go down that path of, well, your kids do this or they do that or you do that for them, which is all stuff you're going to regret. You know, you don't really want to say that stuff, you know. So this is a way, again, to keep my vibration high and acknowledge him, but then get past it. So that's a great way. And then sometimes what I've learned as my ego has kind of subsided, when he shares something with me that's um, I could feel attacked or take personal or want to get defensive, um, 
I take a moment and pause and think about like, oh, does he have some truth here? Is there something I could take a second look at, which I would never do before? I had to be right. Yeah. And that's my ego. So now I have learned so much and have like been able to go back to my husband and say, you know what? I really thought about that. And the more I thought about it, I do see how I could improve on that. So thank you for that. Do you know what that was like for him to get that text? (laughs) Yeah. Right? So now we're uh, making our relationship stronger and better than ever I could have imagined. Yeah. By taking that kind of mental attitude. And I call it like operating on... um, uh, Operating on your uh, uh, a level that you can be, I'm messing it up now, but, um, you know, I ask myself, am I operating on the optimal mental, mental level that I want to each day? Like from my heart space again, not from the head. So I love that. And for kids with autism, it really is, in a nutshell, the words that we speak and our actions, if they don't equate to the energy that you're sending out, your kids know it. And these kids are so, uh, because they don't express in the familiar way that we do, they're very tapped into energy and tuned into it. So when you're saying words, but they don't equate to how you feel, they can shut down. They can choose not to talk to you. Like that's just how their behavior is. So I think that's a key ingredient that we haven't really like, this is part of closing that gap that people don't think of. They might be saying some nice words, but their heart is closed and they're filled with, you know, sadness or whatever frustration, or, you know, a parent had said something to them and they're taking it to heart and then they're bringing that energy home. So learning how to release that energy and, Focus on what really matters. It is an art and it is a practice and it's beautiful. And magic happens when we, when we can uh, manage our emotions. I think of it as like a pendulum, right? <laughs> I want to stay grounded. I used to say, what the heck does grounded mean? That's not even in my vocabulary. What, you, what does that mean? <laughs> so now I visualize it as a pendulum. And when it's just still, I feel grounded and connected. And what I used to be all the time, I feel like, was swinging from the pendulum. And when I say that, I mean swinging from one extreme emotion to the next and then reacting and then recycling and regret. So it's like that swinging of extreme. And none of us want that because we're in that place, poor decision making and chaos. And you're not letting any of the good yummy ideas come in because it's just not able to. I love, I love it, uh, Donna. Thank you. I love this uh, pendulum swinging and feeling grounded, and particularly, you know, coming from our hearts rather than from our heads. Most of the ladies that I work with, seeing uh, individual ladies, when I work with individual ladies, the high-achieving women, they, they, they know what they want and they have relationship problems and they don't want to settle for less because they know that if they settle for less, they will become less. So the problem with these ladies is that because they're high achieving women, they spend most of the time where you can imagine in their heads. So they are not spending time 
in their bodies or in their hearts, they're disconnected. They don't feel their feelings. They don't feel their emotions. They don't feel their physical sensations. Clearly, they have sex problems. And definitely, they need to hear your message. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not their fault. It's their conditioning. And the problem is, is people believe their conditioning is just who they are. But it's the complete opposite. It's not who they are. It's the environment that we grew up. We didn't have a chance to like really be who we are because you're living in this environment. And I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying it is, you know, you're carrying those beliefs and your parents are carrying the beliefs from their parents. So it's, you know, uh, it, it's just this imprint in our mind. And then once you start to peel it back and understand it and the explanation of why you behave, why you behave is life-changing. It is. And yeah, and that's why I go back to let the awe in. <laughs> that's right. What is one mechanism, Donna, to guide people that has been a game-changer for you to flicker the switch of thinking? Okay, so this is from my book, and it can be used for anybody, but, but it really can be beneficial for uh, kids and with kids with autism specifically. Um, so it's the tool, the uh, mechanism of auto-suggestion. So uh, to just get a clearer understanding, our mind has a conscious and subconscious. So visual like a circle and then drawing a line through the, meta, uh, through the middle of it. So there's two hemispheres and conscious is on the top, subconscious is on the bottom. Conscious is adductive and deductive. That means any thought, that we have, we have control to stop. Now, see, I didn't know that <laughs> before. And to me, that was a game changer because I can change my, I have control what thoughts I want. So it's everything from the TV, from other people, from social media, from magazines, whatever it is, you know, we're just on autopilot. So we just let it in and it creates a feeling. And that feeling, again, we respond, react, same thing, behavior. Um, and the results we get in life. That's important. It's all related. So once I started choosing what I wanted to let come into my mind, it was great. And then I would catch myself. The key, it's a practice, right? This is changing a habit that we let everything in. So now it's like, okay. And the biggest, one of the biggest lessons is don't ever um, beat yourself up over it. What I mean is like, so you let a thought in that, you know, you didn't want, it's okay. That's you getting closer to meeting your goal to have more control over your thoughts. It's okay. That's the practice, right? You're not going to get it right off. So um, catching the thoughts is progress. And I always say progress over perfection. So it's progress. So the subconscious mind, whatever you put into it, it has to accept. So how beautiful is this? So this is what I do in all different aspects of my life now, things that I want to change, build my self-confidence, um, build my self-esteem, have more friends, um, you know, this book, you know, whatever it is, I create these um, phrases, about 20 of them, that are all of who I want to become or how I want my business to grow or 
um, who, you know, who I want to come into my life. So I write them out. So for kids with autism, if it was like, I have one kid, uh, boy who wanted to drive a car, right. And he's been doing driver's ed. So we wrote a whole list of affirmations, auto suggestion. So auto suggestion is calling in a higher power to guide you. That's the difference between positive affirmation and auto suggestion. So I like to, I like to use auto suggestion, but people can do whatever they want. And then you write them out and you start to read them like 20 phrases that would take like 30 seconds to read. So then a lot of people feel uncomfortable with it at first because it's really not who they are. But the idea is the more we say it, we're imprinting it. We're going to start to create those feelings and we're going to believe in ourselves now. So um, then I have them record it in their own voice. And we could do it. The parent could record it too for them, uh, for their child, if they didn't want to do it. But it would be a voice that you trust. So now this is gaining trust in your, vo- in your own voice. So auto-suggestion is a great, great tool to help um, reprogram your mind and it works. I do it. I do it all the time. I record it on my phone and then I'll listen to that video. You know, when it's something that I'm focused on, I just keep doing it and it does it. And then you start, it's just like somebody who tells a lie all the time in elevated emotion. And they're telling everybody that over time, that lie becomes their truth. They believe it. That's their reality. So the same, what the same holds true thinking something positive of who you want to become, you're going to start to believe it. And you're going to be like, oh, you know, and then you're going to six months later, look, it'll be like looking through a telescope. I think this is a quote somewhere. And, um, you know, you won't even recognize yourself like six months from, from that time. So it's a way to definitely set worthy goals and achieve them through auto-suggestion. I love it, Donna. What is the difference between auto-suggestion and positive affirmation? So the only difference is um, with auto-suggestion, you have this faith and you're um, putting it out there to the universe, to God, to archangels, to whoever, you know, you might resonate with. It could be the moon and the stars, that energy um, you're asking, you know, when you say auto-suggestion, you're bringing in guidance to help you succeed with these, you know, with who you want to building your self-esteem, like I said, or setting a worthy goal. Positive affirmations is just like you working on you, which is fine. It's all good. I'm just sharing the um, the differences because sometimes people don't feel comfortable, you know, so you want to, you know, be comfortable with progressing at the positive affirmations. And then you might feel more comfortable you know, and then I have people do them in front of a mirror, which is so awkward, <laughs> right? Yes. Saying all these good, yummy stuff about you. And we say it in the present tense. Yes. That you already are. I'm so happy and grateful. I am a best-selling international author. Yes. That's one of mine. Yes. <laughs> You're talking about the positive affirmations now. That's right. Uh, the other suggestions are also positive affirmations, right? Yeah, so they're pretty much the same thing, but auto suggestion, we're actually calling in um, a higher power to help us. So basically, of- what I understand is that the difference between the positive affirmation and the auto suggestion is that the auto suggestion, we, we say that out loud, having an attitude of faith 
and asking for guidance. So we 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 say that in a vulnerable way, accepting and recognizing where we are and having an attitude of faith. Whereas the positive affirmation, we repeat things, but the problem is that we don't believe them. No, no. Well, so the positive affirmation, you just... Um, you're just doing it. You're doing it for yourself and for your own goals by yourself. You're not, your intention isn't to have help with it. Like you're doing it. I know. Did I make that sound confusing? So yeah, it's the same process and it's some, your positive affirmations are who you want to become yes, in this, yes. in my practice. Anyway, that's how I, the positive affirmations, but, uh, the difference is, is one, you're calling in a higher power. The auto-suggestion, you're calling in a higher power to help you, um, guide you. But a lot of people don't, um, you know, believe in that or feel comfortable with that. So they just do their part of sort of affirmations without calling in. Yeah, without calling in help. You know, whenever I do my positive, my auto-suggestion, I always ask for guidance and help, you know, move me towards these these auto-suggestions. You know, so it's just, it's really setting an intention again, um, asking for help and guidance with your goals. Um, yeah. I, I, under, I, I got the point, but I have a doubt. The auto suggestions, we also do it because we want, we, we have an intention, as you said, setting an intention of who we want to become, right? Yes. Just, just yes. like with the positive affirmation, we do it Correct. because we're focusing on who we want to become. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I love it. I see. Okay, perfect. So what would you say, why is building your lighthouse so important to you? So I love this, um, especially where I've been connecting with people all over the world and how, you know, people interpret things differently. Um, like, I feel like metaphorically, like we can all understand. So I'm going to use, and I'll end with this. I'm going to use the, um, the lighthouse. I love this. Um, it literally, when I talk about this, it just makes my heart open and just, I feel this exuding, um, love. Um, so we have a lighthouse in the ocean or in the sea and, um, it has this light and people who are lost or ships who are lost um, can't find their way back. Um, they need some guidance. They're looking for this light and they'll sail in, you know, following this light and they start to receive some guidance and they're coming into safety. So I look at it as I'm building my lighthouse the more people that build their lighthouse, and I actually feel like at this point, I mean, there's still so much to learn and for me to work on and heal and recognize, but I feel like I have this lighthouse that's pretty well lit up. And now I consider myself a light transmitter, <laughs> right? So people are going to, you know, receive that transmission and come in and find out what I'm doing, what's going on. And the more light transmitters we have in the world, 
the, the more our planet can heal. That's when our planet can really heal is when we have these light transmitters just exuding love and kindness and respect and unity and the collective, all the collective minds. This is where we can come together and really, um, you know, have this like peace on earth, you know? So that's my, you know, that's my visualization. That's my um, story (laughs) and it feels good. And I love to share it that way. And the lighthouse to be built is through these kinds of mechanisms, but also like picture yourself as a, like um, a vessel, like a, I want to even say like a clear vase, a tall, clear vase. And there's mud on the bottom. That's all our junk, right? All that sand and mud, it's stuck to the bottom. And the more we pour in that vase, um, positive affirmations, auto-suggestions, meditation, um, expecting things to go your way, like I could go on and on. Um, The more we do that and giving compliments and going out of our way to, you know, all that good yummy stuff, what happens is you pour it in, it starts to swirl around the mud, right? It starts to swirl around. It starts to come up to the top. You keep pouring it in and you're not pouring in all the criticism and all the sarcasm and all the negativity, right? That's, you got to keep that out and you continue pouring it in. And then what eventually happens is that mud and sand rises and spills out. And then you've got this clarity and this lightness and this energy and organization and, Yeah. And you're receiving, that's when the receiving channels are open. I call it where you're able to receive the good ideas and to take action and people come into your life that are meant to help you move forward. So it's really, you know, you start making new connections and friends and yeah. So I love that. Definitely. Me too, Donna. I love it. How can people get in touch with you? Let us know the best sites, social media, contact for our audience to connect with you. And we can share this on the show as well as as in uh, in the show notes. Yes, yes. Um, So it's Evoke Change Center. And Evoke is E-V-O-K-E, changecenter.com. And my email is Donna at Evoke Change. Dot com. I am on Instagram and um, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. And I am always open to workshops or, you know, if anybody resonates and feels a pull to reach out, please do. I'm here. Uh, I, I say hope to real help because that's kind of how I felt. You know, I was hopeless and I didn't have any help. And then I went to hope and I got real help through, through these kinds of mechanisms and these practices. And I'll, I'll say they, these practices, when you take these, they're life raft, right? Just like my visualized life raft, when the oceans um, of life become wild and your magic carpet, when you're feeling stuck and need freedom. That's right, Donna. Uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing all this with you, with us today. I love your smile. I wish our audience could see it <laughs> through this podcast. Your beautiful smile that definitely irradiates a lot of love and good vibration. Um, I'm sure now you've shifted, you are irradiating this love everyone to everyone around you. And... And I can imagine how your son is 
now irradiating as well that energy as well of love vibrating high as you were saying before yes it's beautiful <laughs> it's magical i say <laughs> it is exactly i love that word uh, because we we often talk about magic relationships in the work that we do because it's magic is love is connected to the energy of love and and normally you know we also talk about toxic relationships which is more related to the energy of fear as you were saying before between the head and the heart yeah thank you so much today donna for today i'm very looking forward to seeing you again in the future to have another uh, conversation like this one <laughs> thank you so much for having me you're welcome thank you <laughs> Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.